0: Snakes, Chests, and Chefs, it's Pun Intensive. Welcome to Pun Intensive. We have... A panel that looks very similar to last week's. I'm going to have them introduce themselves by also talking about zingers that they have made this last week. By zingers, we're referring to Zinger of the Week puns that were made by the panelists during the last week that they were especially proud of. So let's start with the longest surviving MC of the O. Henry pun-off and cope reducer of pun intensive, Gary Halleck.
1: Thank you, Aaron. Uh, once again, I'm going to set the pace here with a real-life pun that happened to me actually just this afternoon, visiting a friend of mine who was showing off her little uh, miniature chicken coop, and it was so cute. It looks like a little barn with with little doors on it and everything for little miniature chickens. And then, and then she opened up the lid of the thing and there's this little little nesting place there. I said, uh, oh, so this is, this is where she works out her egg sit strategy.
0: Well, yes, I suppose she would. (laughs) And uh, And
1: it turns out the yoke was on me because it's not a laying hand, anyhow.
0: And producer of the O. Henry Punoff, not to mention a winner from the days of yore, David Guggenheim.
2: I'm going to go back to when I was in high school. I was being interviewed my senior year in high school, I just won the um, science fair. And I had set a record for UIL Science Awards that year. And a friend of mine who was graduating had set a record for the number of UIL Math Awards that year. Well, the uh, editor of the newspaper was interviewing the two of us. Her name was Laura Eisen Schmidt. My name is David Guggenheim. And the other person being interviewed's name was Howard Schmidt. Now, coincidentally, we were all three, obviously, of... Some degree of German descent. And I was sitting there while uh, she was editing her notes and suddenly realized if she and Howard, Miss Eisenschmidt and Howard Schmidt, had a mutual optical transplant, you'd put Eisenschmidt, Eisenschmidt, and Schmidt, Eisen, Eisenschmidt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For the third week in a row, special guest, multi-time O. Henry Punoff competitor and veteran of the Pundemonium in Seattle, Washington, David Wide.
3: I have two. We were talking about the government shutdown, and I said this administration may be remembered more for lows than for highs. And (laughs) (laughs) programming competitions are often called capture the flags or CTFs. And so I made one and gave it an underwater theme, and it's called under the CTF.
0: I love it. All right. And a long time pun off attendee, twice a competitor, twice a judge, and the guy who gets to ring the little pun off bell, Bill Kreider. Well, I
4: frequently hear puns where none were intended on television and other places. And that may happen to you, too. And this last week, I heard a TV commercial that I'm all sure you've all heard for various this cruise line that uses a familiar song as one of their themes and has for decades, and they still use it occasionally. And my brain translated the words of the song, and the way that I heard it was, I had Laheim of my life, and I owe it all to Jews, <laughs> which I thought was great.
0: I realized that uh, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Aaron Fazel. I am the newest MC at the O. Henry Punnoff, and of course I am the host of Pun Intensive, we spoke uh, a week or two ago about alphabet puns, which reminded me about a knock knock joke that my nine year old told me. Uh, knock knock. Who's there? ABBA. Abba who? Abba CDE. Yeah, you know, not the greatest. And in his defense, he didn't make it up. Uh, But it did. He made it an effigy, right? (laughs) Well, it did remind me of one of my favorite puns that I did in the pun off. Why does Ron Howard like alphabet soup? It makes him NOP. Anyway,
1: So that's your Zinger of the Week. I I was going to add one Zinger of the Week and it it dovetails nicely with yours because as we're recording, it's just a couple of weeks after Christmas and we actually just reached the 12th day of Christmas, which of course is the time when you're traditionally supposed to start putting away your decorations and get on with your life. And my wife reminded me that it was the 12th day of Christmas and I said, that must be why I, I just came out of the bathroom and I pee funny. (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, I had Illinois at
3: Pandemonium recently And I had a whole chain of them Which was the waste came out of me both ways It was Peoria uh, I left a dollar on the toilet It was a Lupe fiasco <laughs> And silent let turds dry <laughs>
0: Should for
1: the siren on uh, that. No, that's but, okay. It's okay. Actually, if you're, if you're a veteran of the O. Henry Pun Off, you're used to talking <laughs> yeah. right over the sirens. You know,
0: sirens is golden. <laughs> that, listeners, is a reference to the fact that it is held right next to a fire station. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. But up next, what are the best non Homo sapien books out there? Well, you're about to find out. I recently discovered some great books where the heroes are anthropomorphized owls and who can forget the Berenstain Bears. Uh, Apparently everybody, because they call it Berenstain. There are lots of classic books about animals, and we want to know if you guys have any recommendations about book-related animals. So, for example, The Seal, The Apes of Wrath, or The Swordfish of the Rings. Who has some recommendations for us?
4: Well, of course, everybody needs to read Harry Otter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Bill <Milk> Greider.
3: <laughs> Any others? I threw away my children's book and a
1: bird picked it up. It was a junk goal book. <laughs> that was David Wide. I am thinking okay. about that book that Ernest Hemingway wrote when he developed a large prostate called Old Man in the Urchin Sea.
0: That's a thinker. <laughs> you know,
4: a lot of people don't realize that most movies were books first, but a couple of my favorite books were made into movies. There was Forrest Hump about the dumbest camel in the jungle. Then I also really liked the gorilla with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> uh,
3: there were too many insects on the boat. It was a tight antic.
0: Uh, I don't you know, think of that as a book title, but it must be. You know, Movie, I, yeah. You
1: know, this is, this is a bit of a stretch topic-wise, but I'm thinking of the Red Badge of Courage could have been also called of human bandage. Hum, humans are animals, right?
0: <laughs> I guess. I thought you were going to say the Red Badger of Courage. Yeah, I, I, I didn't take the easy route. <laughs> Thanks.
3: <laughs> Owl's well that ends well.
0: Huckleberry Finn Tuna. Gone with the
4: Hippopotamus. What about the Great (laughs) Ratsby?
1: One Flea Over the Cuckoo's Nest. (laughs) (laughs) K-1984. Here's another one you're going to think is a cheat. Two Koala Mockingbird. (laughs) Why Nicholas
4: Cage
2: things (laughs) Bill?
4: No, I was just going to say Tell Gary that was a very high quality one
2: The Bible Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that was one of my three
1: (laughs) The once and future King Salmon
2: A cluckwork orangutan (laughs) Thank you Gracie Deegan for that one
0: Uh, how about Pride and Predators? <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of animals that are predators, right?
3: <laughs> the, the Golden Compass. I already use goal. Goal? Golden Compass. G-U-L-L.
0: Oh, gotcha.
3: <laughs> One that uh, has about animals but doesn't have an animal in it is the rabbits on the Titanic. What are shipped down?
2: Catch 20 tuna. There you go. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That'd be in the non-fishing section. <laughs>
0: the starling letter?
3: I had the velvety-eaten
1: rabbit prepared for <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm okay with that. The mere catcher in the rye. How about the pride of lions and prejudice? Yes.
3: (laughs) Don Quixote. Don Quixote.
4: (laughs) Don (laughs) Quixote. Don Quixote. The Tales of Two Kitties. Oh, that's good.
3: Someone's probably written a book about global warming.
0: Wait what? W R M. Global oh. Worming. He was a veterinarian.
3: <laughs> Secrets of modern chest Strategy genus. <laughs> oh, everybody knows that book.
0: <laughs> how about the or, man or, or, who, or rook? How about the man who would be kingdom? <laughs> File him away for later. Yeah. <laughs> Classy.
4: The manatee who would be king.
0: <laughs> there, that's much better.
3: While Russians were interfering with our election, someone probably wrote a book on that. Walrus. Callus
0: shrugged. I like it. I like your strategy of just making up the names of books, though. I have to say, that's very effective. <laughs> There must be a book with that title.
1: Like The Rise and the Fall of the Otterman Empire. No, that wasn't the Otterman Empire.
0: All the President's Hens. Webster's Dictionary is about spiders. (laughs) Or ducks. Or or, or Charlotte's
1: Webster. Nice. I finally came up with a decent one, but you have to know something about cattle breeds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Travels with Charlet.
4: There you go.
3: Someone else got it. That's like yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. I'm sure there are people Charlet in the audience. Cattle?
4: Sure.
1: <laughs> I'm from
3: Seattle.
4: Well, I'm from Texas, so I'm in
2: <laughs> Back in Seattle again. Blazing Seattle's. They were well, weed is it, legal now, so yeah. yeah they, they were going to... <laughs> they were going to call it something else, but that name was Spokane for.
3: <laughs> Thesaurus is a kind of dinosaur.
0: It's an old one. Speaking of Bob Woodward... Um, well, yeah, we he, were just talking about him. We? He wrote All the President's Men. He co-wrote All the President's Men. All the um, President's Manatee. <laughs> His latest book about the current president, Deer. Instead of fear. Oh, I, fear. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> the
4: biography of Sylvester Stallion.
0: <laughs> Again, I love huh. the making up of titles. Old, That's great. <laughs> old Man and the
2: Seagull.
1: How about Herman Wook's mammoth novel, The Winds of Warthogs? <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Which would also give us warthogs in peace. <laughs>
2: More in
0: war
1: and peace. More in peace. That's the that's that's sequel to Watership Down. <laughs> what, our ship down?
0: <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. I mu- now have a much longer reading list. We're going to take a break, but after this, we will learn how to spell socks. And we're back. Our panel consists of David Guggenheim, Bill Kreider, Gary Halleck, and David Wide. I'm Aaron Fazel, the host. Our topic today is punnage in bilingualism. And this is actually something that was already addressed off mic by David Wide. So I thought you might want to go ahead and begin the discussion.
3: So in an earlier episode, I mentioned I named my dodgeball team Family Vans and Race Cars because we had a player with the last name Fam and a player named Andreas. And actually, on an earlier episode before that, there was discussion of whether there are no new puns. And I really think bilingual puns are a uh, great breeding ground for new puns. So, you know, it's possible... It's Wait a pos- minute. Are you
1: talking about the Japanese, the new puns?
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> so... uh <clears throat> Uh, I completely lost my train of I'm sorry. That I'm sorry.
1: Nip unintended.
0: <laughs> that was brutal. That
3: was a flash in Japan. Yeah, that was rough. That was a
0: nip
3: <laughs> Okay. Uh, back to my previous I thought when you make a bilingual pun, it's possible someone's already made it, but it's less likely than a one language pun. So, for example, that guy ate a cookie is Spanish. Maybe someone's made that. But, like, I was thinking the other day, and it was like the Cuban rabbi, Havana Gila. And when you, eat, when you eat a lizard, you're having a gila. So some of those are like less likely to have been made, right? So I think that's kind of a fertile place.
4: Agree. One of my favorite Spanish, sort of Spanish bilingual puns is about the Spanish magician who said, uno dos, and disappeared without a trace. So that's, that's mm. a fairly common one. But the, the thing about bilingual puns is that for them to be effective, either your audience has to be bilingual or it has to be something that's very obvious. But I have also had experiences where I've told that joke to bilingual Spanish children, and they didn't get it because they didn't know disappearing without a trace, the phrase yeah. in English. Yeah,
1: you got to have the cultural context, too. Correct. Idiomatic. Right.
3: So, like the Led Zeppelin Spanish cover band, Whole Lotta Love. Hola.
2: Hola. Ola. 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 Hello. Hello. Hello to oh, okay. love. Okay. You know, one of the very first ones I ever heard in my life was one my uncle told me. He used to say, como tiene frijole cabrito. Why? Because it means how, have, is in tiene, to have. Frijole, bean, cabrito Uh. is kid. How have you been, kid? There's a famous one about the uh, guy who crossed over into Texas to see his first baseball game. And when he went back to Mexico, they were asking him, how was it? And he said, oh, it was wonderful. He said, they didn't have any seats left, but they let me sit on top of the flagpole. He said, what's so great about that? He said, everyone was so concerned. They stood up at the beginning of the game and said, Jose, can you see?
3: They're also accidental bilingual puns. Aaron was saying that uh, son told him the knock-knock joke, ABBA, ABBA who, ABBA C-D-E, And Abba is father in Hebrew, so that's actually, his son told it to him, so it becomes funnier.
4: (laughs) We need to be careful for whenever we're doing bilingual punning to realize that it's easy, if you don't know all of the innuendo of the language and the culture, it's easy to... Give offense, so be careful about it.
1: So we're going to take offense that Trump wants to build the wall across Mexico, right? (laughs) (laughs) Offense.
4: I think it's some hilarious puns, and I think that doing a segment on it is great.
3: I I think as long as you're as sensitive as you can be, like if you know something's offensive, don't say it. If you say something that offends people, then apologize. Learn from it. and, and, And if you you know, use your best judgment, but also adjust to the reaction.
0: That is a perfect ending statement to this segment. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to play one of the most popular games of the O. Henry pun-off, Pun-Slingers. Okay, thanks for coming back with us. We are going to play the Pun slingers game. We're going to do team play again, but this time we're going to have Bill and David Wide on one team and David Guggenheim.
1: And Aaron on the other team because I am going to moderate. <laughs>
0: what is our topic of the day? I'm going to do a kind of a weird little experiment
1: here. The topic is animals, but... Many animals have names that are also verbs. And a lot of times people try to squeeze by in the play at the pun off by using the animal's verb form as a pun. And it is not technically a pun if you just say, I'm going to badger you until you give up. You can take that word badger and make a pun out of it. to badger you're not going to win because I'm going <laughs> to overwhelm you. I'm going to call you if you use the verb form of this particular animal. Otherwise, wide open, animals, fish, fowl, fleas, it doesn't matter. The teams, again, are Bill Kreider and David Wide on this end of the table and David Guggenheim and Aaron Faisal on that end of the table.
4: I hope you monitor your list carefully.
2: I really, really wanted to tease my uh, parents, but I didn't want a dogma.
3: I was just checking the fast food menu out.
0: The Boa River snaked its way through the jungle. Eh. <laughs> and what's wrong uh, with that?
1: The river runs like a snake in a serpentine fashion. Good. It snakes its way through the jungle. I believe Aaron was just kind of throwing himself at the mercy here to use himself as an example. I did not add here that I will give you bonus points if you use an animal name that could have been a verb but you use it in a better way.
0: Okay, well then... Vector repair, please. In the Garden of Eden, Satan came down as a serpent, saw Eve, and said, It's naked!
1: There we go. <laughs> and the ball goes back over to Bill and David.
2: Would that be an example of serpent-dippity? <laughs>
1: there was a flood
3: at the pet store, and I stopped it with a hamster dam.
4: <laughs> These fries are tasteless. Give me some ketchup.
2: I've got Aaron on my left and David on my right. I got fleeced at
0: the market and fleed. My kids were just horsing around. And... <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't need to. You don't need to throw yourself <laughs> at right, the mercy of right. the court um, too many times. Okay. Uh,
1: I'm still waiting for somebody to use one of my target words in a, in a proper context. But obviously, Aaron has called himself on horsing around.
0: I went to Paris and got a tour from a company called Torse in France. Tourse Tours. Taurus or Horse. Yes. Well, <laughs> you are you are really bending over backwards
1: not to say anything about horse, aren't you? <laughs>
0: to horse
3: in France. Taurus <laughs> in France is good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I get your inference. Uh, in poker, if you have a parrot 's better than a high card there you go extra points
1: for David wide for using the word parrot
0: Oh because normally someone would say I am parroting what he said you did not need to repeat that repeat that repeat that <laughs> <laughs> but you
1: I'm glad you were able to repair it
4: <laughs> Do you want to sit on the love seat or the couch
0: I had a teacher who had a real thick Texas accent and I had missed quite a bit of school. Uh, but when I came back, she says, well, Aaron, you look really whale. <laughs> I unlocked the
3: Abbey with a monkey.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that was good. That's good. And again, David White has used the word monkey in a context, which is not
2: a verb. That's not what I bird.
1: Let's make it official.
2: It's one I want.
3: Owl's well that ends well.
2: You know, you can get around copyright laws if it's a parity.
3: (laughs) They paid me to the tuna $5 million. (laughs) When you think you tickle urchin.
0: Sometimes I'm not sure if I'm going to use imperial measurements, so I don't know if Finch is correct.
4: Nice. I got into the Ottoman castle with a Turk key.
2: <laughs> the Ottomans just keep coming back. And- <laughs> you know, I strongly believe in eagle rights.
3: When I go to the gym, I plank tons of time.
0: I was thinking that that square pants guy is spongent smelling. <laughs> K, 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 K. I said K-9 times.
3: Oh, right. (laughs) The mobster protected his house with a don key.
0: When will this ever quit.
1: (laughs) Don't dog your own grave. That is actually one of the verboten words, but you're clear and your bonus point.
4: I would like to be inducted into the Punning Hall of Fame.
0: I was building a house, but I decided I'd get a feline instead. I had to make a choice between cat or pillar.
3: Chihuahua.
2: (laughs) I had a few more, but I'll spare out the remarks.
0: I think that's a good wrap up. So what's the score?
1: Obviously, David Wide has has wiped yeah, everybody maybe. out with three three <laughs> bonus points, and the rest of you did manage to avoid the dreaded animal verb. And if you will indulge me for a minute, I'm going to go ahead and read from this website. Joseph Bono. We'll put a link on here. Uh, it's a little uh, edgy. So, so anyway,
4: using those as a bono. Yes. Actually,
2: for, it's, for, it's a for,
0: gorilla. It's a bonobo. <laughs> I approve of it. I'm pro right. bono.
2: Let me let me just go ahead and read read
1: this. Uh, <laughs> so is so. you too. Some animal names can be directly used as verbs, meaning to act like that animal. My favorite example is badger, which means to harass persistently. So he's got three categories. Definite examples, and I'll rattle them off for you here real fast. Ape, badger, buffalo, bug, bull, crab, crane, crow, cock, cockatoo, dog, fox, goose, hog, horse, hound, leech, mouse, monkey, parrot, ram, rook, skunk, snake, spider, sponge, rabbit, turtle, weasel, wolf, and worm. How do you rabbit somebody?
4: In cars in traffic rabbit when yeah. they, they jump, ahead well, that, jump ahead.
1: Only on rabbit transit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so, so. I included spider even though it is not defined as a verb in the dictionary. It is commonly used as one in reference to gathering data from web pages. Examples listed with different origins. Now, these words used in the dictionary of different origins for the animal and the verb, essentially meaning they are unrelated from a linguistic perspective. However, when used as verbs, all of these words roughly describe recreating the animal's behavior so they could arguably fit the criteria. That would be buck, duck, fawn, fly, lark, quail, raven, and shark. These words are listed in the dictionary with different origins from the animal and the verb. And there is not an apparent connection. Bat, bear, carp, cow, grouse, gull, hawk, perch, pike, rail, ray, seal, slug, sow, swallow, tick, Ooh. whale, and yak. Now you, you, you can take you could take me or him to task on some of these. Anyway, it's a kind of an interesting little exercise to think about how many animal-related verbs there are. Whether you're calling them true, you know, true verbs or, or, or truly connected to the animal. And that last list was was kind of kind of interesting because of things like bear, b e a r, totally unrelated, obviously. Bat, probably unrelated. Anyway, it's a it's a fun little exercise, and I would I would suggest going to jbono.com, J B O N N E A U, if you want to read this list. And thank you for allowing me to take over your game, Aaron. That's a
0: good way to wrap that up. Coming up next, Sage advice about cooking. About to wrap things up. Uh, before we do, we want to do a real quick plug for the O Henry Pun Off, which will be in May on the 11th, the day before Mother's Day. We also want to plug the O Henry Pun Off website, which is punpunpun.com. It's also punoff.com. And we want to plug a couple of Facebook pages
2: Facebook.com slash P U N Y P A G E.
0: And that's a good place to meet new and interesting and punny people and play some games with them as well. We should also plug punintensive.com, facebook.com slash punintensive, and pretty much all other social medias slash punintensive. Does anybody have anything that they want to plug or discuss real quick? Did I mention I have
1: an apartment for... Re- no. 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 <laughs> by this, by weeks. the time this show airs, my apartment will, will be moved into already. Did I mention I have a granddaughter? Yeah, she's... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably a little bit older than she was the last time I mentioned her. Go ahead, David White.
0: As
3: someone not officially involved with running the pun off in Austin, I just want to encourage people to come to it wherever you are. There are people who kind of make a pilgrimage It is sort of the... Big event related to puns. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a celebration of wordplay and puns. It's also like a picnic, so it is really nice to sort of hang out all day and take it all in, even if you're not competing.
0: I think it's really interesting to meet these people that come from all over the place. I, I would wager that half the people are Austinites, and, and the other half come from, come from around. And incidentally, you can have a really good time coming to the pun-off even if you're not a contestant. So with that, we are going to go out, but not before you get some excellent advice from some of the most professional chefs in the world. Yes, the five of us sitting around here are professional chefs. And we are going to give you some cooking advice. Bill Kreider.
4: Well, my recommendation is that you should always toast your bread. You should also toast your meat, your vegetables, your pasta, and your salad catch is, you'll be totally drunk before your meal is ready.
1: <laughs> hey, don't toast your bread too much, because I'm black toasting tolerant.
4: <laughs>
1: and Gary Halleck? Oh, well, we were just plugging the pun off, and I'm going to plug it one more time and uh, tell tell all of you uh, well-strained punsters to uh, mark your colanders, and uh, don't be deceived by any misinformation. Sign up for the pun off, April 1st, high noon, central time. David Guggenheim.
2: Well, any evangelical chef will confit. Sometimes you have to braise the lard.
0: <laughs> uh, I want to give some advice, too. Uh, for the yummiest and gooeyest casseroles, make sure your cheese is great. And finally, our very special guest, David Wide. You butter bay leaf,
3: I'm shortening my marginal jokes.
0: <laughs> and that's the news, folks. I'm Aaron Faisal, and I'm signing off with the catchphrase. See you next week.